Second Samuel chapter number nine. I know we hit on this a little bit. Uh, seemed like it come up several times Wednesday night. Those of you that watched the live stream, uh, brother Jeff, brother Salmon, then myself, but I just could not get away from this this week and I just want to do my best to be mindful of what Lord have us do this morning. Second Samuel chapter number nine and begin reading in verse number one. Second Samuel chapter number nine and begin reading in verse number one. Some of my favorite, uh, scripture in all the Bible here out of Second Samuel. Uh, but when you find your places, you stand with me this morning, if you can, in Abel, in honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. Second Samuel chapter number nine and verse number one, the Bible said, and David said, uh, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. The king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Notice this, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I truly love you this morning. Lord, I'm thankful for the privilege to gather back together. Lord, thank you for the ones that, Lord, are sitting before me. Thank you for the ones that, uh, Lord, are listening by their cars. Lord, thank you for the ones inside listening by way of Facebook. Lord, I pray this morning you touch in each and every heart. Lord, each and every need. Lord, I, you know my heart and, Lord, you know my need this morning. I don't have any preaching me. Lord, I need a fresh touch and a fresh anointing. I pray just for a little while. Would you give me unction? Give me utterance. Lord, I pray that if they be one this morning discouraged, would you encourage their heart? Lord, if they be one walking a far distance away, would you draw them up close to you once again? Uh, then, Lord, we pray most of all for that one that's lost, undone without you. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd save them for it's everlasting too late. Uh, we'll be careful this morning to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Uh, uh, for we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Uh, amen and amen. You can be seated. And thank you for standing this morning. Now, I won't preach just a little while I've uh, taken verse number three as a text. I, uh, the Bible said, and the king said, uh, is there not yet any of the house of Saul uh, uh, that I may show the kindness of God unto him? Uh, and Ziba said unto the king, uh, uh, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame uh, on his feet. Uh, I preached just a little while this morning with the help of the Lord on this thought. Uh, lame yet loved. Uh, uh, lame yet loved. Uh, uh, it's amazing to me as you look at uh, uh, the story here of Mephibosheth. Uh, of course, we know that over and over again the Bible reminds us uh, uh, that Mephibosheth was lame on his feet. Uh, in fact, Brother Sam, if I'm not wrong, every time you find Mephibosheth mentioned, uh, it's in connection with his lameness. Uh, uh, over and over again, the Word of God reminds us uh, uh, that he had a problem that he was lame. Uh, yet we find here in chapter 9 that David uh, uh, for some reason loved him so much, Kirk, uh, uh, that even though Mephibosheth had nothing to offer him, uh, uh, nothing that could be done for David, uh, uh, yet David loved him enough uh, uh, to send and fetch him out of Lodabar. 
I begin to think about that. You know the story this morning. You know the typology. How that it's a picture and a type of our salvation and our sin. How that we were lame with sin. But I don't think it bothers us this morning to be reminded of the simple truth that even though Mephibosheth had nothing to offer, yet David loved him. I'll show you just a few things by way of introduction. And then I'll not be before you just a few moments. Notice with me, if you would, the problem in verse number 3. The Bible said, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. Mephibosheth was lame. Kirk, he couldn't walk. He couldn't move. In fact, you'll find that when David sent the servant to fetch Mephibosheth, that he was laying on the bed because that's all that he could do. He had a problem. He was lame on both his feet. But I was interested, uh, uh, if you go to 2 Samuel chapter 4, in verse number 4, you'll find that at the age of 5 years old, uh, uh, that Mephibosheth was dropped, Wendy. Uh, uh, the, the, the maid was carrying him and dropped him. Uh, and that's what caused him to be lame on his feet. Uh, and what about the fact, Brother Sammy, that a fall uh, uh, was what caused Mephibosheth's lameness? Uh, and I began to think about that, and I thought, isn't that exactly how it is uh, uh, in our lives today? Uh, uh, the sin in our lives uh, is also the result of a fall. Uh, uh, not our fault, but the fall of Adam uh, uh, in the garden when he sinned against God. Uh, and sinned against what God had commanded him to do. Uh, and he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, uh, the Bible said, by the sin of one man, uh, uh, death entered into the world. Uh, and so by nature this morning, uh, uh, every single one of us uh, have a sin nature. Uh, uh, we're sinners by birth. Uh, and it's a result of the fall. Uh, uh, that's the truth this morning. You know that. If you've been saved any length of time at all, you realize that the night that the Lord come by and convicted and wooed your heart, you could not have got to him. But yet he come to you because your sin prevented you from having communion and fellowship with the Lord. So we see his problem that he was lame. Our problem this morning is that we're sinners by birth. We were born into sin. But not only do I see the problem, but I want you to notice with me the purpose. I begin to think about that. I thought, Chris, with Mephibosheth being lame, having nothing to offer, it's not like he could work for him. It's not like he could offer anything. Why in the world did David send for him? Why did David care? Why did David love him? Heaven want to show kindness to him. The Bible answers that. Look in verse 1 the Bible said, and David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Look in verse number 7. The Bible said, And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. You said, Preacher, what was the purpose of David's love? I want you to notice that it wasn't for Mephibosheth's sake. But the Bible said it was for Jonathan's sake. 
you'll remember if you know your Bible this morning you'll remember how that Saul had persecuted how, had had chased David that's the very thing brother Sam had how this morning was talking about how, how that when the when the mighty men came to David how, how that David was in a cave how, he was there because Saul was how, how persecuting him and chasing him how, he was fleeing how, how you say preacher what's that mean about anything well how, how, but Saul had a son how, who was a friend to David how, how, isn't that right how, and because of the love that David had for Jonathan how, he now extended it to Mephibosheth how, how you say preacher what does that mean how, how, notice this Mephibosheth had done nothing to deserve it how, it, it was nothing that Mephibosheth had done how, how, nothing that he did nothing he could do that earned the kindness of David how, that he'd show to him how, in fact you'll realize this morning how, I'm getting ahead of myself but it's alright David had every right to kill Mephibosheth because he was an heir of Saul. He had a claim to the throne and he had every right, Sammy, to put him to death. Yet David chose to show him kindness because of the love that he had for Jonathan. Can I just stop by and say this this morning? It's not because of me and it's not because of you that the grace of God was shown to us. It was nothing that we did to deserve it. It was nothing we did this morning huh, to earn the love of God huh, and the mercy of God. Huh. You say, preacher, why is it that me a sinner, huh, that God had loved me huh, and that he'd give me the opportunity huh, to accept him? Huh. I tell you why it is this morning. It's because of the death, huh, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Huh. It's not because of me, but it's because of him huh, that God extended his mercy huh, and his grace to me. Huh. It was the death burial and resurrection that made it possible this morning for us to be the recipients of the mercy and the grace of God. That's why the Bible said we're saved by grace through faith, not of works lest any man should boast. You can't clean yourself up. You can't earn your way. You can't buy your way. You're undeserving this morning. Just a sinner by birth. But because of the death burial and resurrection, the grace and mercy of God has been extended to you this morning. So we see the problem. We see the purpose. But then notice with me this morning the pursuit. Look with me in verse number four. The Bible said, and the king said to him, where is he? Can't you just imagine a zebra come up? And the king says, there yet any of the house of Saul that I might show the kindness of God unto him for Jonathan's sake. And zebra said, well, there's only one that I know of. And that's old Mephibosheth. But King, he's not much. He's lame on his feet. He's got nothing left to offer. He's got nothing he can do. I don't know much you could do with him. I don't think you really want to have much to do with him. But verse 4, the Bible said, The king said unto him, Where is he? And Zeba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Macon, the son of Amiel and Lodabar. Notice verse 5, Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Hamariah, from Lodabar. Notice with me the pursuit. David never expected for Mephibosheth to come to the palace. If he had, Brother Sammy, he'd have never made it. He was lame on his feet. There was no way he was ever going to get there. Therefore, David, the Bible said, sent and fetched him. Had a lady tell me one time, just a little side note, Kirk had a lady tell me 
every one time that fetched. Uh, uh, wasn't good in English. Uh, uh, it wasn't good language. Uh, uh, but I got news for you. It's in the Bible. Uh, uh, that he sent and fetched him. Uh, isn't that right? Uh, uh, that's just like an old dog. Uh, uh, listen to me. Uh, uh, you throw that stick and you say fetch. Uh, uh, you know what that dog does? It goes to wherever the stick is. Uh, and it brings it back. That may not be doing much for you. Uh, uh, but I'm about to have a spell. Uh, uh, you know what happened, Brother Chris, about 20 years ago? Uh, uh, the sweet holy ghost of God come to where I was. Uh, and fetched me. Uh, and one of these days he's a bringing me back with him. Uh, I say hallelujah to God. Uh, uh, that he sent and fetched me. Uh, and that he's a bringing me back. Uh, but the Bible said he fetched him out of Lodabar. Uh, uh, let me say it like this. When Mephibosheth uh, uh, could not get to him, uh, he came to Mephibosheth. Uh, aren't you glad this one's the Lord? Uh, uh, didn't expect you to earn your way to him, buy your way to him, uh, invent your way to him, uh, uh, clean your way to him. Uh, uh, but he came to where you were. Uh, uh, let me say it like this. When you weren't looking for him, uh, he came looking for you. Uh, uh, there Mephibosheth was. Uh, uh, down there in Lodabar all those years. Uh, uh, the Bible doesn't say how long, but I'd see him. Uh, uh, laying on that bed day by day by day. Uh, uh, Nancy living the only life he'd ever known. Uh, he'd ever thought the king had come by and pick him up. Uh, he'd never once dreamed that David had loved him. Uh, he'd never once dreamed that David had uh, would care for him. Uh, uh, but there came a day that David sent the king's chariot uh, uh, down the load of bar the house of no bread uh, uh, to pick up and fetch Mephibosheth uh, and bring him back to the palace. Uh, aren't you glad this morning I didn't get up? Uh, uh, the night I got saved, I didn't get up that morning. Uh, uh, Miss Leona looking to get saved. Uh, I wasn't looking for the Lord. Uh, I wasn't even looking for religion. Uh, uh, but I sure am glad when I wasn't looking for him uh, uh, that he was looking for me. Uh, and that he come by where I was uh, and wooed and won my heart uh, and saved my ever-dying soul. Uh, uh, notice with me the pursuit. Uh, uh, but not only that, look in verse 7. Uh, in verse 6, the Bible tells us uh, uh, that when Mephibosheth, uh, uh, the son of Jonathan, <coughs> the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, uh, Behold thy servant. I want you to realize this morning, Mephibosheth, he knows in the back of his mind how that Saul had treated David. He knows that uh, David had every right to kill him. Uh, hey, can't you imagine he goes before the king? Uh, uh, Brother Simeon, see him shaking and trembling, uh, uh, wondering what's going to happen, uh, uh, wondering what David's going to do. Uh, uh, but notice what verse 7 said. Uh, and David said unto him, Fear not, uh, uh, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. Uh, I will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. I want you to notice with me this morning the promise. In verse number 7. You say, preacher, what's that have to do with anything? Well, Kirk, I got to thinking about when I got saved. I remember when I fell under conviction. And let me just say this this morning. When I say conviction, I'm not talking about a feeling. I'm not talking about your heart beating out of your chest. I'm not talking about feeling like you're sick to your stomach. 
I'm not saying this morning you break out in a cold sweat. Though you may do all that, none of that, some of that. But I tell you what conviction is this morning. It's knowing without any shadow of a doubt. For the first time in your life, you realize you are a sinner. And if you got what you deserved, you deserve hell. And that's where Mephibosheth was. I'd see him trembling as he realized he was a descendant of Saul. And he deserved to die for what Saul had done for David. But if you'll ever find yourself there, friend, I know what the old devil would do. He'd jump up on your back. And he'll say, God doesn't want you. You've gone too far. You've done too much. If you go to him, there won't be enough mercy. There won't be enough grace. All you'll find is judgment. But can I show you something this morning? Well, it's what David said. The very first word he ever spoke to Mephibosheth, he said, fear not. You know what he's saying? There ain't no reason to be afraid. I'd say as old David began to say, he said, Mephibosheth, I know you don't know me. I don't much know you, but I did know your daddy. I'd say, Brother Sam, as he began to tell him about the times that him and Jonathan had. And he said, because of that, I love you. Because of that, I want to show you mercy. Because of that, I want to show you grace. Because of that, I want to provide for you. I want to care for you. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Listen to me and listen to me well this morning. It's not because of you, but it's because of Jesus Christ. You come to the Lord this morning, God convicting your heart. You realize you're a sinner. You realize you deserve hell. You'll not find judgment this morning when you go to Calvary because the judgment of your sin has already been poured out on the Lord when he died at Calvary. That's exactly right. Go ahead and nod your head. It'll be all right. He took my sin and your sin. A judgment's already been made. If you'd be willing to accept it this morning, you'll find grace at Calvary. You'll find mercy at Calvary. You'll find love at Calvary. You'll find provision and care. And David promised him that he wanted to provide and care for him. Watch what he said. Fear not, for I'll surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore unto thee all the land of Saul thy father. Thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Verse number 8. My opinion, Kirk, one of the most classic statements in all the Word of God. I love verse number 8. The Bible said, and he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Phibosheth come convinced that the Lord was going to smite him, convinced that David was going to show him judgment, but he found mercy and he found grace. And in that moment he fell down and said, what am I that you'd look on such a dead dog as I am? I mean, he's got lower than he's ever been. He's realized he doesn't deserve it. He's realized he hadn't warranted it. And he said, I'm nothing but a dead dog. Why would you show me love? Why would you show me mercy? But then I see the promise. Well, notice this. Notice with me the provision Bible 7 verse number 9 then the king called to Ziba Saul's servant said to him I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and all his house thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him thou shalt bring in the fruit thy master's son may have food to eat but Mephibosheth thy master's son shall eat bread all the way at my table now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants 
Then said Ziba unto the king, according to all thy, thy Lord, the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Notice with me the provision. I'd love to preach this for a long time, but I don't have time this morning. I want you to notice with me. Verse number 7, the Bible said that David said to him, Fear not, I surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. I will store thee all the land of Saul thy father. Thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. So Kirk, he promised him in verse 7, there wasn't no need to be worried. There wasn't no need to be scared. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Brother Sam, he said, I'm going to take everything that was Saul's and I'm going to give it to you. And he said, and then what I'm going to do is, you're not going to have to worry about a thing because now you're going to eat food at my table continually. He made a promise in verse 7. But let me tell you what I like about this story. Man, everything seems good. You think about a lame man from low to bar that never had nothing or nobody. That now all of a sudden is living in the king's palace, eating at the king's table. Everything that had been his family was now restored back to him. That all sounds good. That all sounds great. I mean, what a good story that'd be. We could stop right there and it'd be good. But John, you know what I like about verses 9 through 11? As the years went by, Mephibosheth realized that David was doing more than he ever even promised. It was better than he ever thought it'd be. You say, preacher, what do you mean? Notice what the Bible said. Then the king called to Zeb but verse 9, Saul's servant said to him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and all his house. That's what he told him to do. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him. What about that? It would have been a blessing just to give him the land. But David realized Mephibosheth wasn't able to till the land by himself. He care for the land by himself. You know what he's doing? He's going above and beyond. That's exactly right. And he gave him Zeba and gave him his servants. Other till the land shall bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. Now what about that? That's always amazed me. Notice what your Bible said about four times now. He's made the statement, but Mephibosheth shall eat bread at my table. But you know what David said? He said, I want you to take what's his. And I want you to go out there and I want you to till the land. I want you to plant it. I want you to take care of it. I want you to harvest it and bring it in. That he might have something to eat. You say, preacher, what do you say? Well, the David's already met every need that he has. He's eating bread at the king's table. But then he said, just for a little extra, just to be a blessing, just to make sure he's got everything, you bring that in just in case he wants more. I'm going somewhere, don't lose me. Then watch this. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now, Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then said Zebra and the king, according to all thy my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Now what about that? How I many he's restored the house of Saul? He's given him, he's, he's let him eat at his table. He's now given him servants to till the land, to care for the land, and make sure he has everything that he needs. But then in the latter part of verse 11, you find the jewel on top. Brother Chris, he said he's going to eat bread not only at my table, huh? but he said he's going to be one of the king's sons. Huh? You know what happened? He said he don't realize it yet, huh? but I've done adopted him. Huh? He's just like mine. Huh? He's going to eat at my table. Huh? He's going to sit with my son.
comes. He's become a part of my family. He's no longer a part of the house of Saul, but now he's a part of my house. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Can I tell you something this morning? I could get every one of us to come up and been saved any length of time, and we could tell you story after story after story. But if you're here this morning and listening to my son and my voice, and you say, preacher, I've never been saved. Can I tell you something? He'll do everything that he promised and more. I'll tell you a story just real quick and I'm going to hurry. I remember Miss Nancy as a seven-year-old boy. The other night I got saved, I'm going to be honest as I know how to be. I just didn't want to die and go to hell. That's all I was interested in. I wasn't worried, Kirk, about serving the Lord. I hadn't thought about preaching. I hadn't thought about this and that. I just didn't want to die and go to hell. And you know what? He told me if I'd believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, I'd be saved. And that's just exactly what it does. But now, almost 20 years later, you know what I found? That's not the end of the story. There's a peace that passes understanding. There's joy in the journey. There's joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's a purpose to my life now. He gave me a reason to live. He's blessed me with a family. He's blessed me with a church family. It's better than I ever could have imagined. I'm just being honest with you this morning, friend. I don't have the words to use the English language to describe how good it is to be saved. But I will tell you this, if you get experience, Brother Sammy, for one day what it is, you'd crawl on your hands and knees to Myrtle Beach and back just to feel it again. It's that good this morning. It's better than you could ever imagine. And you know what blows my mind, Brother Sammy? I'm living the worst life I'm ever going to live. The best is yet to come. He's done more than I could ever imagine. The Bible sitting down in him this evil. That'll do exceeding abundantly. Above all, we could even ask or think. I found that to be true, Chris. He's blessed me beyond my wildest dreams. That's exactly right. He's provided better than he promised. It's been better than you can even imagine. I promise you this morning, friend, you'll never regret giving your heart and life to the Lord. You say, preacher, can you prove it? Let me give you one more, and I'm done. I want you to notice with me in verse 13, and I'm done. Notice with me the pleasure. Notice this. After everything has been done, David sent and fetched him. David's loved him for Jonathan's sake. He's fetched him. He's promised him what he'd do. He's provided for him now. But then I want you to notice you say, Preacher, what did Mephibosheth think about all that? Well, I could preach a lot more. There's more said about Mephibosheth than just chapter 9. But I want to show you something in verse 13. The Bible said, so Mephibosheth, notice this next word, dwelt in Jerusalem. You know why he dwelt in Jerusalem? That's where David was. For he did eat continually at the king's table, and he was lame on both his feet. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Let me say it like this, and I'm done this morning. Mephibosheth never again sought to return to Lodabar in his old life. John, there wasn't never one time that Mephibosheth sat there and thought, I believe I'll go back to Lodabar. I believe I'll go back to the house of Maker. I believe I'll go back where I was before. No, the Bible said he dwelt in Jerusalem. He decided he'd just stay where he was. He decided he'd just stay where he was. He decided, yes, sir, buddy. You need to get saved. All right. He what? Come here, Brother Sammy. You pray with me. Hold on just a second. He came and he dwelt in Jerusalem. 
Bible said he did eat continually at the king's table. Can I tell you something? They're going to come sing right here in just a second. There's a young man right now about to make the best decision of his life. And can I tell you something? There'll never be one time that he'll ever look. He makes Brother John, there may be a time, there was times in my life that I got out where I wasn't supposed to be. Did things I wasn't supposed to do. But can I tell you something? I found Miss Michelle is the most miserable place I could ever be. But Fibbersheth never once sought to go back to where he was. Can I tell you something this morning? I don't know your heart. I don't know your need. I don't know where you're at this morning. But whatever life you're living, it's not worth it. There is a better life this morning. There is a better way. Brother Chris, you come, just sing, sing a cappella, do whatever you need to do.